If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you serious? Welcome to another episode of How to Kill an Hour. My name is Nick Bright. My name is Marcus Bronzy, and this is the show where we like to talk about tech. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about a motley crew called Xbox Underground. That sounds sounds quite scary. Mate, (laughs) it sounds a little bit like a computer game, doesn't it? Like a driving game, but it's not. This is is serious stuff. I mean, before we get into it, though, the sources for this are youtube.com forward slash brew. They got a great visual video for this. Blackhatethicalhacking.com. Which doesn't make sense because after me and Nick spoke about black hats and white hats, ain't white hats the ethical and the black hats the anyway? But these are the bad guys who are trying to be good guys, so it's cool. Robin Hood's, yeah, the, the Darknet exactly. Diaries podcast as well, which is a fascinating tech documentary serial style podcast. Um, that gave us some great data as well because he got to speak to some of the guys that are in Xbox Underground that are still around. <laughs> a little hint to some drama that's going on in a second, <laughs> you know. Anyway. So, Nick, this is another episode where we talk about hackity hack hack hacking. You, I, I think you are using this podcast as a guise <laughs> to learn how to hack. And really, you're just out here, like hiding in plain sight. You know how, like, some people who are committing, like, massive crime, they don't even attempt to hide because that way they're they're less suspicious. That's what you're doing. You're out here like, oh, we're telling all the stories about all these um, incredibly gripping hacking stories when at the same time on your other computer right now, you're, like, mining someone's Bitcoin <laughs> or, or, or some kind of mad shit. Police are like, so, Marcus, you've actually downloaded a guide, How to Hack 101. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> officer, what it is 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 I'm doing research. Yeah, but Marcus, you've actually hacked into the HMRC and you've basically paid yourself. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, no, it's research. Well, you, research, bro. You can't you know, talk about it unless you've done it. Do you know what I mean? Also, um, if you if you do manage to hack into HMRC in real life, um, like get them off my back, please. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they are the... They, I keep telling everyone, HMRC, they're the biggest gangsters. They're like, oh, Nick, you've had a good year, have you? You've been doing some work. Well, Money. Time for me to come around and take my slice. Mm. The queen wants to get paid. And, uh, anyway. and, and listen, HMRC, yeah, these guys, they need to be like like linked up with the murder squad or something in terms of like solving crimes. Yeah. HMRC, they will find anyone. Mate, they are the old. They, listen, we've watched all of these films where there's bounty hunters, right? I guarantee you the team that are in HMRC, they'll find. Mate, they'll find anyone, anywhere, 
It's possible. Uh, unless you're in Dubai. Don't pay that there at the moment. Anyway, this is a story where a few friends go from modifying, aka modding, a couple of games for fun to stealing millions of dollars worth of IP. And it gets a lot deeper than that. But we're going to start with the theft. The global gaming market reached $162.32 billion in 2020. By 2026, that number is expected to rise to $295 billion. In other words, the gaming industry is booming and it's incredibly competitive. If you compare that to something like Film Nick, that's $101 billion USD in 2019. So you can kind of see how great gaming is a serious media format, potentially bigger than film. I would say bigger than film in a lot of ways, but, you know, there's different people that cut it in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I've, I've heard that that kind of stat banded around quite a lot um, in terms of like, you know, film film is obviously huge, but I feel like people love to ignore, not ignore, that's the wrong word, but like, it's like gaming for some reason is not chatted about in the same kind of way as movies, but it's massive. The big video game releases, you can't chat to them about numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it only takes a handful of people to create an app that's downloaded millions of times across the world. Like, you know, something like a, a Candy Crush. You don't need the same amount of people to make that as there are to make an Avengers film. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So profit margins are high. Loads of people are playing your games. And it also means that these studios take hacking incredibly seriously. Like I said, this is something that start off as some sort some camaraderie between friends poking their noses where they shouldn't. This goes this story is going to go on to spying, double agents, being wanted in multiple countries and even death. And of course, one of the deepest leaks of new tech that I've seen ever in my life. This is going to blow your mind. Is but, it? Yeah, well, hopefully. I've got said it now, isn't it? <laughs> At the end of the episode, <laughs> let's fast forward to the end of this episode. <laughs> Nick, how is it for you? Did, are you okay? Is your mind blown? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's rewind again. <laughs> this may blow your mind a little bit by the end of the episode. Like I said, this is something that began as a little bit of camaraderie between some friends poking their noses where they shouldn't, to spying, double agents, being wanted in multiple countries death and of course one of the deepest leaks of new tech i've seen in the 2010s i feel a bit bad now that i put a leak after death in that sentence don't take it personally but you know <laughs> and this, death is bad okay all right um anyway like all good stories this one starts with one person and that one person was david pakora Pakora was born in 1992 and by 1995, at the age of three, he was already playing computer games on his parents' computers in Ontario, Canada. Yes, he was playing computer games before he could even read or write. Pakora was what you would call a born programmer. By elementary school, aka primary school here in the UK, he had already learned how to make his own web browser. And in 2002, Pakora's parents bought him his first Xbox and he put in a lot of hours into a classic game called Halo. He wasn't content with just playing the game though. He managed to find a hacker community who hacked into Xboxes, tweaking their game's functionalities. I'll explain this in as simple terms as possible, Nick, but Microsoft left the decryption key for booting up their machine in the memory area of their machine. So it's very easy to find. And if you had this decryption key, you could do all sorts on your Xbox as well as playing regular games. You could put your own programs or music on it or play Nintendo games on an Xbox. Kind of fun, right? Like, you know, hey, guys, look, I'm playing Nintendo on my Xbox. And Pakora loved Halo 
so much he started to tweak it. He also started chatting with hacker communities on chat rooms, learning about how to do things like fuck with gravity in a game so you could jump super high or changing the look of the sky or the landscapes. Is, is it all making sense by now, Nick? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you so far. Okay. So far, you haven't said anything that I'm like, huh? Huh? Yeah, and then this is where the quantum physics begins. No, <laughs> Good, I'm great at quantum physics. I yeah. love it. Uh, in 2005, the second generation of Xbox, the Xbox 360 came out. So this time, Microsoft learned not to leave the encryption key on the system, so there was no more messing around with games for Pecora and his mates as well. The only thing that you could mess with were games that they had already in the past, and they could only really do little things with them, not as much as they could do with previous Xboxes. And as we're going to find out, you can do a lot with this thing called an Xbox 360 development kit. So for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to call them dev kits for short. Dev kits are machines that were used by Microsoft developers to build the Xbox. They look like regular consoles consoles well some of them did some of them just look like massive towers but that doesn't matter just imagine a regular console but instead of having a normal console inside it has tools as well for the people that are making your computer games so this means that in the hands of a hacker like Bakora, a dev kit could be used to manipulate the xbox's software and run the code like an authorized programmer but i can hear you asking the question nick how did one of these dev kits get into Pecora's hands I mean, I just don't understand how on earth Pecora could have got hold of one of these dev kits. <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. Is your mind blown yet? I just, I mean, not yet, you know, but we're getting there. You know, just how did Pecora do this? <laughs> The dev kits were extremely hard to find. Microsoft was only sending them out to verified game development companies. Like, you know, hey, we're Microsoft. Are you making a game for our new Xbox? All right, here's 10 dev kits or here's five dev kits. In the mid 2000s, some of these companies went bankrupt and companies were dumping the dev kits at recycling centers. And this is where Californian Rowdy Van Cleve, already an Xbox hacker, came across a big find. Upon purchasing some equipment along with some old Xbox motherboards from a recycling plant, he installed one of these motherboards in an Xbox 360. And when he booted it up, he didn't just get the regular Xbox sound, he didn't get the regular Xbox login. He got an authorised programming screen. So straight away, he asked the guy from the recycling plant to let him buy all of the motherboards. <laughs> hey, are you, uh, are you the uh, head of the recycling plant? Uh, yeah. I'd like to buy everything. <sighs> what, 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 all this junk? Everything. Why? Why? What, 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 um, what's so special about this stuff? I just, uh... You know, <laughs> nothing. You know, I'm not. A, you know what? I don't even know if I want it, but I just can I have it all? Hmm. Oh, go on then. Yeah, pretty much. That's what happened. So, as well as being able to tweak games that were already out, these dev kits would let you access an online service where you could download early builds of games for quality assurance purposes. This service by Microsoft, which we were not meant to ever see publicly, was called PartnerNet. Cleve could basically go online and be like, OK, cool. I can see what's happening in the world of Xbox before the public does. This is something that no regular member of the public should ever have access to. So how did these these two mysterious characters get to know each other? So Van Cleve sold a few of his extra motherboards to people that he trusted, and Pecora was one of them. Pecora was really interested in, in hacking games, while Cleve wanted to 
sell a few other bits, you know, and, and make some money off these extra motherboards. So Van Cleve and Pecora built up a little relationship where Pecora would sell the motherboards on the side for Van Cleve even. He was like dealing and wheeling them for him. Van Cleve. I mean, they sound like Pecora and Van Cleve. They already sound like some kind of, I don't know, like American, either like cop guys or I don't know. It just sounds like we need to get Pecora and Van Cleve on the case. Like one of them goes over to the coffee machine, I always do. Action! Van Cleve, his coffee tastes like shit. We're complaining yesterday. Yeah, I know. But you know what they say? If you take enough shit in this town, you can't drink it anymore. And cut. That makes no sense. But you know, if they say it in an angry voice, it sounds right. If you if you do the the the, the like gravelly voice, yeah. you, that's all you need, mate. You know, yeah. you could be saying anything. You could be like, my 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 toilet roll. Wait, 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 wait. My 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 toilet paper is much tougher than the one that I had last week. How Shit's many plies? How many plies is it? Not enough plies. I need more plies in there. I'm gonna find the motherfuckers who, 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 who didn't put enough plies in this shit, and and I'm gonna, I'm gonna wring their necks. Let's hit the road. The three ply adventures from Van Cleve and Pecora. Um, so you know what? And I've decided to use the regular names for people in here as well as a couple of um uh, of nicknames. So I'll mix some of them up. So Pecora is this is actually his, his real name, but I've used some online names for some of the characters as well. Okay. In this, uh, so Pecora and Van Cleve were friends, right? Pecora also made friends with some other regulars that they met online, including a guy called Justin May who lived in Delaware. Please, Nick, remember May for later, right? Justin James May. May. James May, Not right? James okay, May cool. <laughs> from Top Gear. All right, he can be James May for you, but remember May, right? Yeah. They also met up with eight. Yeah, go on. You're saying? I would just say I'm going to remember May. I've I've got it locked in, locked and loaded. Good. Put that one in the bank. He also met the 18 year old Anthony Clark. Now Clark and Pakora, they made a tool to hack Halo Three. Remember, Pakora loves Halo. Right. So they could add unique abilities to the main character of the game. Uh, and when they posted this hack online, they got a lot of love, a lot of love. People were like, hey, these guys are super cool. But things started to get a little bit darker from here, Nick. In 2009, right. they used PartnerNet and their dev kit boxes to steal unreleased gaming software, including a Halo 3 map, which they shared with their friends. But... Next time they logged on and decided to try and hack and steal some software, they got a little bit of a message from Bungie engineers on the main screen, which said this. Winners don't break into partner net. That's what they said. So obviously, I mean, mean, it's it's quite a, uh, what does it even mean? Like, it's the nicest way of calling someone a loser, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, why? Like, I don't know. I feel like if you're doing stuff, on the on if you're doing like hacking and all of that why are you speaking like i don't know you've got a four-year-old in the room and, they, and you don't want and they don't you don't want to say a swear word in front of them <laughs> winners don't break into partner net if i was on the dark web i'll be like fuck off you fucking loser get the fuck out of here you bitch you know what i mean like like why am i gonna be chatting like well i can't say my swear word so you've got to say sugar and you've got to say b like <laughs> winners don't break into partner net just be like fuck off you loser <laughs> but, um, get the fuck out of here motherfuckers exactly you know what? this is a case for van cleve and pakora you know what i hate people breaking onto partner net you know what we need to do we need to get out there and fuck them up let's hit the road uh but it didn't stop there 
so the guys saw the message and I reckon and I'm going to do some paraphrasing of this scenario here. I reckon it was like, oh, guys, look, they're onto us, but they can't really do anything because we're just poking around with these special dev kits. But a new type of hack came around for Xbox consoles called a JTAG hack. Now, a JTAG hack is where they took a special microchip or a mods chip and attached it into the motherboard of your console. And it meant that you could negate loads of security protocols. And Pecora and Clark used this to make money off their hack. So they weren't just nicking things now. They were now cracking Xboxes and making money off them. And they cracked this little game you may have heard of, Nick, called Call of Duty. Heard that game? Never heard of it, mate. (laughs) Don't know what you're on about. Yeah. Call of what? Call of Duty. It's this little game where you do a little bit of shooting. It's, it's really weird. It's just you run around for like first person and you just shoot each other. Sometimes it's in the future. Sometimes it's in the past. Is it a little bit like GoldenEye? So, yeah. So think of it as like a lower a lower quality version of GoldenEye. Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing's going to be better than GoldenEye, is it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Mario 64. You know, yeah. now we're talking. Ah, oh, you know. yeah, man. Yeah. So they <laughs> took this game called Call of Duty and they made some mods to it where players could possess superpowers like flying, moving super fast across the land and even through walls. But you could only play in these lobbies, these groups of people with JCAG consoles that were specially put together. So Pecora and Clark set them up and charged a hundred quid for half an hour on one of these servers it sounds a little bit like <laughs> this shows you where i'm at it sounds a little bit like back in the day do you remember when people could get chipped cable yes remember that yes like, like you, you had that dodgy friend who who had a chipped cable box which mm. meant they got they had like every channel and then yeah. you could like get chipped consoles as well mm. um one of my mates i won't name him because you know i don't, I don't want the uh don't want the authorities to get on him, but um, that they will. Uh, he had a chipped, I can't remember what console it was. I mean, it might, might have been a PS2, it might yeah. have been a bit PS1, you know. But um, anyway, he had it chipped so it could play, um, obviously, I think it was a PS1 because the, the, the back of PS1 discs were black, weren't they, if mm. I remember correctly. Mm. So, and, the, and his PS1 was chipped so he could play regular, like, DVDs that were just burnt, like, so copied games, essentially. And there was a shop in Croydon, an actual legitimate shop in Croydon, which used to just sell chipped games, chipped consoles. I was like, how are these people getting away with this? It's mad, isn't it? They just used to be like, get your fake games, yeah. get your they, fake they just games. Shot in it. Yeah. yeah. Shot in it like it was nothing. And uh, yeah, one, one, one of my mates had one. So it's, this is kind of like the, the 2021 version of that with a lot more sophistication. Yeah, you used to have to work to work to get your like hacked consoles to work. It, I'm making it sound super easy here. I had a mate as well, Nick, right? And he had like a PS2 and his one was chipped in a certain way where he could play any game from any country and obviously knockoff games as well. But he'd have to put a disc in, turn it on, the disc would boot up and then it would say now put in the dodgy game. So it's like this whole mm-hmm. kind of rigmarole you had to go through. It was like serious, man. But I think it was buying the games wasn't illegal, as illegal as having a chipped console. So I remember him being like, yeah, you can come. Do you want to come to my house and play some chipped PS tonight? Yeah, it's chipped, bro. And everyone's like, what? Did you say it's chipped? No, 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 no. And I said, I'm, I'm going to do a chip against the goalkeeper at lunchtime. Watch, I'm working on my chip. So anyway, right. So these guys on a good day for their little hack were pulling in almost 10K. Imagine pulling that in in your late teens slash early 20s, Nick. I mean, yeah, man, that's not bad. Talking. 10 racks a night. Now we're talking, mate. Now yeah. you're talking my language, and that language is money. Ching. 
They also sold something called infections, which were hacks that lasted a little bit longer that could be used in regular games. So you could be in a regular game of COD and be invulnerable to enemy damage and pretty much win every game. Fun for you, annoying for others. Things got a little bit hotter here though as Microsoft started banning people with the JTAG hack. Pacora and Clark obviously found a workaround for this and for their efforts, they were able to keep pulling in those dollar bills. In 2010 though, things got a little bit more illegal. A 14-year-old Australian hacker called Dylan Wheeler and his mate Game Freak managed to get a massive data dump of information from an Epic Games public forum, a forum where both members of the public and people that worked at Epic Games had conversations with each other. To use that forum, you needed a login and a password. So once Dylan got this massive data dump of information, he started sifting through it. And what he found next? Well, that was probably the catalyst for this whole story. Dylan found a password for the forum that belonged to an account of an employee in the IT department of Epic Games. So Dylan thought this. What if the guy that works in IT at Epic Games uses the same password for this forum? What if he uses the exact same password? the exact same password at work. And it turns out... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. He did. Classic. (laughs) Can't even knock him for that, to be fair, because... I think all of us end up using some variation of the same password for things. Like, even now, when I sign up to certain websites on my iPhone, you know your iPhone now suggests passwords, and it? Yeah, it suggests, yeah. like, mental passwords. Like, do you want me to use, like, X17659B6? Like, I'm yeah. like, nope. <laughs> use your password. <laughs> I'm like, don't need any of that shit. Use your password. Password one. Always works. <laughs> and then when it's password one doesn't work, you're like, Password two. 
<laughs> but I'll only ever go up to like three before I start going back to one, one and two, two. <laughs> like I won't go up to like five, six, seven. It starts getting too complicated then. I can't lie. When I was at the BBC doing production, Nick, I used, I tried to do that and I got in trouble. I got a phone call from IT going, yeah, we've got a little thing on the system which lets us know when you've got weak passwords. So can you just do better, please? I was like, oh, okay, th- cool. I think it's rude anyway when computers <laughs> tell you you've got a weak password. You know what I mean? You put this password in and then it's like weak, bruv. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who are you? You just you just you just a, a series of zeros and ones trying to tell me my password's weak, motherfucker. And they're like, on the subject of, of zeros and ones, can you please put a number in your password as well, please? Thank you. <laughs> All right, mate. But shouldn't this guy in IT have known better? I feel like you're you you work in IT, bro. You know what the what the danger is. And he was like sitting there going, huh. Well, uh, as the head of IT, I guess I better make a password that's savvy, that is really hard to crack, and really sets the tone for the level of IT security I want to have at Epic Games. Admin123. Excellent. It's a great password, to be fair. You know, it's got everything in there. Yeah. You know, a couple of vowels in there, one, two, three. You know, like, I don't know why now we're expected to come up with mad passwords other, yeah. th- other than the fact of complete cybercrime and all of that. But, you know, forget all that. You want a nice, easy, cheeky to remember password. You're the expert. <laughs> anyway, it's right. A bit like when you get in a cab and the cab driver says, what route do you want to go? Like that. That is one of the biggest wind-ups ever for me. I'm like, bro, like, I'm going to get, I'm going to start getting you, Mr. Cabby, when you're listening to the radio to just ring up and do the show for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) You just Just ring up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you just do the next link? You know, you're listening in. So, you know, just do the next link. I'm just going to sit here. Right. So Dylan needed help and asked Bakora because just a quick recap they had an IT guy's Epic Games password so Dylan needed help and he asked Bakora but Bakora was worried that he would get tracked if they started digging around in this guy's Epic account quick side note I think they logged in once quickly and tried to see if it worked it did but they wanted to get in and do some business so they needed someone who could hide their location and that person was Sanad Sonic Neshiwas we're going to call him Sonic moving forward. Now, Sonic got busy with hacking and managed to pull down a lot of private informations from the video games that Epic Games were developing, including a working version of Gears of War 3, another big game, right? Now, Pakora shared the game with several of his friends, including his distributor friend I told you to remember earlier, Justin May. A few days after sharing a copy of the game with May, an identical copy appeared online. Suspicious, May. I mean, suspicious, eh? May. The news about the leaked Gear of Wars 3 resulted in an FBI investigation. Even though the investigation was not made public, how did the guys know that the FBI was involved? Well, they were still in Epic Games emails inside an account owned by someone who was the head of IT or high up ranking in IT, who would obviously be involved in trying to get to the bottom of the hack. They were in effect looking over the shoulder of the person that they hacked whilst said person was scratching their head trying to work out how this whole hacking fiasco had started. This is, this is mad. This is like, you know, you know, when like a new iPhone comes out or whatever, and then like, like it one conveniently gets left in a bar somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like it seems to happen every single time or even more topical in the UK anyway. Did you hear that story lately about those, um... Highly classified yeah. documents that got left at a bus stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I looked into that and apparently this has happened a few times. People have just found documents on a bus or on a train. 
Is it so- what <laughs> the hell? Has the handoff gone wrong or something? Have they sat next to somebody and said like the code word and that other person just by accident has a reply to the code word? Like, you know, what if it was a really bad code word? Like whenever I watch the England game, you know what I'm thinking? And the other person goes, it's coming home. And they're like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and then they give him the document. But the other person's just like, I always say that. It's coming home, isn't it? It's fucking England, yeah, mate. it's coming home, mate. England. I didn't know what he was on yeah. about. And he tries to start giving me this folder, the mentalist. Exactly. So, it's, it's so you know, um, it was really weird because it was like, be, they, were, they were watching this kind of as a fly on the wall. And I was going to say to you, like, could, <laughs> could you imagine them trying to break down what was going on in Epic at the same time? So uh, thank you for joining us here, FBI Specialist Bright. Um, uh, here's all my details. Here's what's here's what's going on with the IT. We just don't know how we're getting hacked. So what are we what are we looking at here? How how I, I I can't understand how these hackers seem to be ahead of the game all the time. They're in the system. I mean, I've been researching the latest uh, super hacking tech, and you know, because that's what I do, and I'm just obviously I'm dumbing it down because you know I'm an IT specialist. But I've been looking into the super uh, uh, hacking tech that's out there. And I just can't work out how they got on the system. They, it's like they're using some kind of futuristic device to just get in here. It's like they're a ghost in the system. Mm. But let's just, just, just wait, wait, let's slow down a minute. Uh, super hacking tech. Do you mean like, do you mean like Microsoft PowerPoint, Excel, Microsoft Word? Is this this the super hacking tech you're talking about? Uh, yeah, um, I, yeah. Think about that, but maybe a little bit, a little bit more complex than than, okay, than okay, access. Okay, so like, so like, so like, say, say, so, so. Uh, Apple Pages, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about Apple Pages, but something a lot more, a lot more complex than that. But anyway, yeah. So they're using a complex system, a bit more complex than Apple Pages, and they're just getting into the system. I mean, we've we've looked at everything. I mean, I mean, it's just like they've nicked one of our passwords, and they're on the system. <laughs> really? Maybe they. Nah. 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 Even you guys wouldn't be that stupid. <laughs> Let me get another donut and a coffee. <laughs> so. At this point, they were having a lot of fun. They were inside Epic Games and it felt like the FBI kind of calmed down because they didn't understand what this hack was about. And I guess if you can't make any progress, things fizzle out. And at this point, Sonic said, look, I've got onto the system. No one's tracked it back to me, but let's quit while we're ahead. And this is where the story should end. But instead... It gets a lot worse, a lot, lot worse. And because someone may or may not decide to play fast and loose, this house of cards comes comes crumbling down. But seriously... Bloody may. (laughs) Jesus, this guy. (laughs) But seriously, quick warning ahead. Uh, The next part of this episode is going to be depicting graphic violence, drug use, death, and it's going to be a rough ride. So please be ready. Uh, You can find out more about what happens with Xbox Underground in next episode, because this is going to be our first two-parter. There we go. There we go. Uh, But yeah, it gets um, it gets rough. I can't lie. It gets it gets rough for a bunch of kids as well. Remember, these guys are are teens, young 20s. You know, we've got a 14 year old in the mix at the start of this. It gets kind of rough. And um, I think what we'll do to be friendly, Nick, is should we give our patron... Uh, uh, crew, should we give them access to it early as well? I think if you're on Patreon, you can, might be able to get your hands on it as soon as this episode drops, actually. You can get part two straight away. And of course, if you're not on Patreon, 
uh, if you're on our regular feed, we will give it to you uh, with our usual schedule scheduling as well. So there you go. But 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 also, if you're not on Patreon and you're listening mm-hmm. to this, sign up, man. Come on, <laughs> sign the ting. Yeah, sign the ting. You know what exactly. I mean? Come on, join the wave. Exactly. The Patreon gang. That listen, they're getting exclusive stuff. Exactly. So, it, well, you Nick, you can tell them what we do, man. Well, we uh, we re- we release one podcast on the main feed uh, well two a week on the main feed and we do then we do a patreon exclusive exclusive so if you want to come and um as i say ride the wave make sure you join it and i don't just say that because financially it's beneficial uh to me and me and marcus mm-hmm. i say it because you know you're getting extra content and we will look to um to basically up that when the times are right in fact actually today as we record this is probably going out after today but as we record this the uh all the restrictions in the UK are basically, we basically found out that from the 19th of July, they are going to be non-existent. So, uh, so we could be getting back to doing kind of experiences and stuff like that, which I'm sure we'll do a lot of that stuff on Patreon as well. Yes. Yes. And then could start seeing you as well, man. That'd be nice. You get me. Mm, um, yeah, a hundred percent. And, and like as also on Patreon, you get ad free versions of all of our episodes as well. So uh-huh. you can enjoy everything that we drop on the free timeline and, and like little bonus bits that we throw in as well. Like this episode early too. Um, uh, time to get out of here. I've been Marcus oh. Bronzy and you can find me on social media at Marcus Bronzy. You can find how to kill an hour at how to kill an hour. Mm, and I'm Nick Bright. Uh, find me on Instagram. Just my name, Nick Bright. And this podcast, as you just heard, presented by Marcus Bronzy and myself, produced by Marcus Bronzy as well. Look at this guy. Edited by Marcus Bronzy with the help of James Sloan. Yeah. Um, so that means James Sloan's doing all the work and Marcus <laughs> is like P. Diddy, just throwing on a little bit of like, take that, take that, take that. James is going like, to love that now. James is going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you fuckers. Oh, you're making me do the work. Let's see if James edits this bit out. No, we'll leave it in. We'll leave it in for himself, will he? <laughs> All right, well, cool. Can't wait to tell you more about next week's episode. It's going to be very deep. And if you're on the Patreon, yeah, we'll be in your ears in just a moment. Thank you for killing some time with us. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.